Hello, I'm Phil Dobby, and welcome once again to the Executive Central Podcast. And today, leaders and managers as coaches. Are you a manager or leader who focuses on tasks rather than focusing on people who should be doing those tasks? Do you perhaps think if something needs to be done, then you should do it yourself? Well, in this podcast, Rob Barmer will suggest you need to spend more time managing people and less time getting stuck into those smaller tasks that take time away from you growing the business. That's today on the Executive Central Podcast. So Rob Farmer is with us again, of course, Managing Director of Executive Central. Now, Rob, we have talked a lot about building a performance culture and how that relies on coaching people as part of the process of driving change. And change is, of course, imperative in any business. Today, you want to talk about how managers and leaders don't spend enough time coaching people or even just getting to know people because they are too focused on tasks, working on their own, doing stuff. That's exactly right, Phil. In fact, I'll go further. I think uh, I want to perhaps be a bit challenging in in this podcast and say, you know, traditionally, you if people talking about leadership and management, you know, there's obviously two sides to the story. Uh, You leaders and managers need to manage tasks, projects and things, right? Mm. They also need to manage people. Yeah. Right? Well, I want to be a bit controversial here, and and rather than perhaps looking at uh, looking at that as two sides of, of a coin, you know, I actually think we've gotten to the point where we need to um, go a step further and say the managing of people part of the management role is actually more important than the managing of tasks and projects. So, who's getting all the work done then? If you're too busy spending time with yeah. people, uh, how are you getting all those tasks done? Well, clearly, a leader needs to get things done or achieve things, uh, but our, our definition of the job is getting things done with and through other people, Yeah, right? right. So clearly the getting of things done, uh, the achieving of, of objectives, the completing of projects is a, is a core, uh, you know, part of what a leader's got to achieve. The issue is how they go about it, Phil. Mm. And if we look at the, the problems that continually present, we've spoken about these in a number of podcasts, but the, but the problems that continually present themselves from either an individual, a manager or leader or organisational perspective, they all come down to this issue that many leaders are focusing not half their time, not 75% of the time, but the majority, 99% of their time is being focused on doing, you know, doing things themselves. They get involved themselves in the project they get involved in themselves in the task and the knock-on effect of that is well not only the fact that they end up working like crazed you know lunatics and and uh and working ridiculous hours and all that sort of stuff and they might be very good at getting things done themselves but they're only one person yeah but the reason that they're doing that very often is because they don't trust the people who are working for them isn't that the case yeah that's right and other things might be oh it just takes too much time to delegate things you know, that's, that's a whole lot of, you know, I've got to explain how everything gets done and da-da-da. Um, it might be, oh, my people are, are already too busy. I can't possibly give them anything more, uh, you know, and on and on. I, and, and I tell you, I actually think probably the biggest, one of the biggest ones is if I delegate to somebody else, I lose control of it. Yeah. Right? Now, all of those are symptomatic of probably, you know, not at, a, at a simple level, the way people think about delegation and, and understand what delegation is is they purely look at it as a task achievement methodology. You know, it's a way of getting things done. Yeah. What they're not looking at is the people development and people motivation element of delegation. 
you can develop and motivate people very effectively um, by giving them things to do, by stretching them, giving them tasks that they haven't had before. So it's just a symptomatic example. But, you know, rather than looking at delegation from the people side of things, how am I developing and motivating and leveraging my people by delegating, people tend to look at it as here's a list of tasks that need to get done. Which are the ones that I can delegate? Oh, no, I can't delegate that one because I can't trust them to do oh, I can't delegate that one because I want to be in control. I can't delegate that one. <laughs> and then you, takes a, exactly. And then you have it. the problem as well, don't you? You say, well, after after you've done it, after they've done it, I'm going to have to go and check it anyway. But I think, uh, you know, so so <laughs> that what a complete waste of time that is. But I think what you're saying is, well, no, if you, you know, if you're coaching people along and helping them to actually achieve these tasks, then you won't need to keep on checking because they will start to work That's independently right. on them. Well, you start to build their capability and all of a sudden you start broadening or widening the pipeline of capability that you have within your unit team, uh, you know, organisation to get things done. So I keep saying back to managers, I realise that managers have often been uh, promoted into their roles because they were the best at whatever it is that they do. You know, Mm -hmm. they were the best salesperson or they were the best, you know, engineer or whatever it was. Um, And, and, Therefore, they find themselves managing other, let's use engineers, they're managing other engineers, but all of these problems keep coming back to them and they're using their technical functional skill to give the engineer the answer or to just say, oh, look, leave it with me, I'll do it, and all that sort of stuff. And no matter how good you are at what you do technically or functionally, you're only one person. Yeah. And you end up, if you keep doing that, you end up becoming a bottleneck on the organisation. Now, that's one of the problems. Yeah. But, but I think... Uh, so, so let's come back to the macro. Um, my view is anyone who has the word manager in their title, right, whether that's team manager, general manager, sales manager, it doesn't matter what it is, that word manager I think needs to ha- – we need to change the way organisations and individuals think about that word to get them to realise that that requires you – and I would say a good rule of thumb would be maybe two-thirds of your role needs to be about the people side of management. Well, isn't, wasn't and, that... Uh, one-third is yeah, the task and task, the project. For yeah. sure. But isn't that what the, the idea of a manager was? If you were a manager, you manage people. That Hence the title manager. I mean, that's, that, that is what the title says, isn't it? Although we seem to have lost that. I mean, lots of people have... A, I suspect there's people who have manager in the title and they've got no one working for them. Well, you know, Phil, I think there was always the two sides to the management. You, you know, what a manager is about getting things done, but it's the with and through people part that I think has diminished. Mm, mm. So I, I don't know how it's happened or why it's happened, but over a period of time, whatever that is, decades perhaps, I think it's the the task and the thing, the you know, side of management that has really that the pendulum has swung far too heavily to that side of the mm. you know uh, of the game. Yeah. So, but, but maybe they uh, maybe they just can't do it. Maybe that's the problem. And uh, I mean, but I guess you're going to say, well, they can be coached into that. But you'd sort of hope that if they've been given the job as a manager, they would have had that before they got the job. Uh, in an ideal world, yes. But look, I think it's a bit of both, Phil. To be honest, there are a lot of people, and I'll be a bit controversial here as well. There are a lot of people in management roles who should not be in management roles. Mm. Right, they they and and I'm not criticising them. I but you're not telling anyone be, anything that we don't know, Rob. I mean, we've no, all we've all seen we those all people. Know. We all know that they're we're all sitting here making lists of people <laughs> we could put into that category, probably. But and that's not to criticise those people per se. My view is that probably the 
the role of technical experts or technical functional experts where people really do become subject matter experts in what they do is an undervalued role in organisations. You know, I think we should be setting up very successful career paths for people to be technical or functional experts um, <clears throat> because often the reason you find those people that are that are not interested in the people side of things going up through management is it's the only way they can get promoted mm. in an organisation. Yeah. And, of course, like everyone, we, we all want to earn some more money, we want to progress in our careers, but you find people that are technical experts are really not, uh, you know, suited to people, the people management side of things, end up in those positions because they want to get promoted and there's no other alternative. Yeah, and they are so, the, they're the people who then, as you say, focus on the tasks. They lock themselves they in the office. The people who are part of their team never see them and so they feel neglected they uh, they don't feel uh, they don't feel involved in 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 the whole process and probably yep. end up leaving the company because they say hey we've just got a bad manager well look i, I don't want to pick on any particular profession or type of business because honestly we could have this conversation about any but mm. just as an example um if you look at professional services firms now the reason they're a good example is that often those professional services firms and i'm talking you know accountants lawyers engineering you know there's all sorts right uh, management consultants the, the 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 actual skill the technical skill that they have is kind of the the very thing they're selling you know they're selling the services of an accountant you know um so when you become a partner in one of these professional services firms you know it's first of all let me acknowledge it's a very tough gig because you know you're expected to be a technical functional expert because that's what we're selling you know you're the best you know whatever it is emerges and acquisitions lawyer or your or, or, or accountant or you know whatever it is you're actually selling that but if you have a look at those organisations, often the really, really talented graduates that go and join those places join because of the brand, you know, oh, this is a really prestigious firm. Um, and, you know, they last two, three, four, maybe five years, but the number of people that end up bailing out of those organisations because they are completely burnt out, they feel like they're spent um, comes down to the fact that they're they're being used as like they're as though, as if they're people they're pieces of a machine. Mm. You know, they're being used to just do stuff, do the, do stuff, do stuff, do yeah. stuff, do stuff. Before you know it, the people don't feel like they're being treated like a person at all. They don't they don't feel like anyone cares about them because they never have a conversation about them as a person. It's all about how you're going on this project or what are you doing on this task. And, you know, is there any wonder why, you know, staff turnover rates, the, the employee engagement levels, the culture survey come out so negatively a lot well, of the time? It, it, it's insulting, isn't it, really? Because it's really saying, well, we don't think you're capable of independent thought. So we're going mm. to uh, we're going to give you a list of things you need to do. You just you just follow follow the sequence that we give you. Uh, don't yep. try and problem solve yourself because that's what uh, that's what managers do. Even though managers mm. haven't got time, of course. And then of course you know they they can lose out on the detail as well because they haven't got time to to spend time on everything that has to be done. So uh, so they right. they they miss out on the smaller detail that the uh, the entire workforce working seamlessly would be able to would be, would see and solve. Exactly. And that's that's a, a another symptom for example of this whole issue of we're failing to leverage or as we've talked about in other uh, discussions, you know, unlocking the potential of our people. Mm. We are creating bottlenecks around our managers. And ultimately, as organisations, the organisational problem here is that organisational culture, 
the impl- the implementation of strategies and ultimately you know the results that organizations achieve are compromised um, you know now I'm not saying by the way organizations can't get good results but I tell you what even organizations that get good results I shudder to think what their results could be if they just you know this fundamental issue of looking after and developing and coaching your people was remotely present you know they could quadruple what they were doing because they would be building so much more capacity so there's really something in in it for everybody the individual the manager and the organization to to kind of think about this but how do you i mean how do you do it so you you've you've got a long list of things you know you're working the Mm. old way you've got a long list of things that you're doing yourself because you think oh you know that's uh, because i've always done it this way and then you've listened to this podcast and go okay well maybe maybe i should be spending more time managing my people but i've also got this list of list of things to do and i can't coach them all on how to do everything that i'm doing right now in one go how do i transition that because i mean that's going to be the biggest obstacle isn't it getting started on this yeah well i think the first step in fixing any problem is first of all acknowledging there's a problem mm. right so the first step is this you know it's it's not oh, okay well if you're listening to this podcast maybe i should be doing more coaching of my people first of all that's what's got to change it's not maybe i should it is definitely you should be doing more coaching Right. In fact, definitely the definition of your role in your own mind needs to change. Right. But I don't know know how to do it. I don't know. You know, I don't don't know where to start. So that's that's first. Second thing is, I would say before we worry about how to do it, it is actually making time for coaching. So in other words, uh, how do I reprioritize my time that the time I'm spending with my people coaching them and it's not just coaching them on how to do tasks but actually coaching them on their own personal performance and acknowledging what's going well addressing issues that aren't going well Uh, and phil let me just just quickly grab that point for a sec one of the most common things we hear in terms of needs is oh you know our managers and and leaders would like to get some training on how to have performance conversations better now implied in that is that oh you know they need to be better at dealing with problems well, I, let, let me tell you, the best way to deal with problems is to not let them become big problems. Mm. You know, deal with them when they're little problems and they're, you know, along the way and they're very easy to deal with. Yeah, for sure. And then we need to be getting into the how do you do it. And look, you know, I'm not talking about you needing to go and learn how to become a professional executive coach. It is, it is really about simply being able to sit back and let's say you did this every once a month with a staff member sitting back and reflecting let's let me first of all ask you rob if i'm the staff member looking back over the last month you know what's gone well what have you done and what's gone well and you might ask them that question and then you might suggest some things on what's gone well which is really acknowledging and encouraging them to you know uh, to focus on you know keep doing good things now on the flip side of the coin uh, ask them first you know what what do you think could have gone better in the last month and they'll tell you what they think and it might be nothing, but they'll, they'll, you're giving them the opportunity. And then you've got the opportunity to throw in there, well, look, there was this issue here. I noticed you handled it this way. My thoughts are it'd be better done this way, right? So you're raising that issue as a little on-the-go performance issue, right? Yeah. Now, if you stopped right there, even in you know coming up with the solutions, that's not even important. The fact that you've stopped and reflected on those two things puts you a mile ahead of what most managers do. They normally leave it to the 
half yearly or yearly performance mm. review to have that yep. conversation. And that always ends and badly. A lot of the, and that's a problem because <laughs> a lot of the time it's the first time they're hearing it and you go, hang on a minute, what do you mean by that? Oh, well, that was six months ago. Well, why didn't you tell me then? You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. So, you know, that's a really, and it might sound overly simple, Phil, but if, if leaders and managers did that regularly, just those two questions, what's yep. gone well, what could have gone better, and then obviously a discussion around, all right, well, so what? What are we going to do about those? You know, how can we do more of the good things, and how can we maybe yeah. change And that? out of that conversation, I guess that's where you start to say, well, somebody say, well, I, I would do that, but I don't really know how to do it. I need a bit of that's help right. doing that. And then you start to identify where they do need a bit of assistance. Correct. And it might be the manager helping them, or it might be, so, oh, look, well, you maybe go and talk to Fred over there. He's an expert in that. He could help you. But, you know, that's the, that's the you know, if you like the – uh, hygiene side of that conversation, you know, working out what's working well, what's not going well. The unseen thing in that, Phil, is that when you have a conversation like that with a person, that person feels cared for. Mm. I don't want to sound too soft and hug, tree huggy here. No, but, but, but they you know, feel they as though they're involved in the organisation and they feel as though they've got some self-worth. I mean, that that would be the correct. reason people leave a company, isn't it? It's either they don't believe in what the company's doing or they believe mm-hmm. that company doesn't believe in them. Well, uh, probably another whole topic for a different podcast, but let me say <laughs> the number one reason why people leave organisations, Phil, is to do with their manager. Yeah. It, and, and in the second, you know, I, I say the second biggest reason they leave is daylight because it's daylight second. And then, you know, other issues like leaving for a better job or wanting to change, you know, career direction or whatever. It's the manager is the fundamental thing. And when you dig beneath that is often it's the perception my manager doesn't care about me, my manager, you know, really treats me and just uses me and abuses me for my for my ability to do things there's not a feeling like anyone is noticing what i'm doing or how i'm going um and you know again you might there'll be some people listening to this going oh that's all that you know airy fairy soft stuff well okay that's why i'm challenging you right up front you need to fundamentally change what you're thinking about as your role to realise that at least seventy, yeah, two thirds of it. I nearly said seventy-five percent, Phil. I'm that I'm that passionate about it. But yeah, yeah. two thirds of your role has got to be about the people side of management, and the other third can be about the, you know, the task and project management. Well, side. is it is it the um, task and project management side? Because I imagine over time, if you get more and more people to do that <coughs> task and project management work for you, then you can do the other thing the managers should be doing, which is looking at the strategy and the forward direction. So, uh-huh. so you're not well, getting lost in the minutiae. Well, there you go. Let's change it then, Phil, from the task and project, because you're right. I mean, really, in an ideal world, the leader and manager doesn't need to be doing the task and project stuff. They should be doing what I what I call higher order things, you know, the, the things that probably they're being, you know, paid for, which are things like strategy or leading and managing change or implementing key, you know, key strategic initiatives and things like that. That often the things that get neglected because the manager's too much down in the weeds doing the doing. Yeah. So you're right. It's not really them managing the project task. It's them engaging in those higher order things that go with their role. All right. Very good, Rob. Well, how about we say this? Two-thirds of your time coaching people and mm-hmm. uh, to be phased into three quarters within a year. That sounds like a, a workable plan. I think it's an excellent. <laughs> Why don't we leave it there? Let's 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 hear from our listeners and see if they agree. That yeah. would be great. Okay, <laughs> very good. All right, thanks for your time, Rob. We'll catch you again very soon.
Thanks, Phil. Take yeah, care, man. Yeah, please do give us your feedback. You know, I suspect a lot of managers just aren't good around people. And that is a big problem, isn't it? Perhaps that's coaching that they need. And that's it for now. That is the Executive Central Podcast with Rob Barmer. I'm Phil Dobby, and I'll catch you again next time for another one. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.